Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You are listening to the Life Autistic Podcast with Ryan Summers. When I hit my 40s, after a lifetime of thinking, what the fuck is wrong with me? I finally discovered that I was undiagnosed autistic. This podcast is my journey, my discoveries, learning about autism, about my autism, about life with autism and having conversations with other autistic adults, sharing our experiences relating to one another. And hopefully anyone listening can learn a little bit about us, learn a little bit from us about the life autistic. Available on any podcast app that you use. Hope you enjoy and give us a shout if you got questions or comments. Thank you. All right. All right. Um, I think I'm recording. So we just finished recording that episode with Rose. Man, she's so cool. So cool, 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 cool. Um, Now I'm going to have a little conversation with Drew. Um, about the show because Drew I've just brought Drew on Drew's a guy I've known for a long long time uh, we've worked together in the past on a, on a TV show that he used to produce that I, I did a few things on and um, I need some help with this podcast like somebody to come on board as a producer so Drew and I have been having some conversations about that so I brought him into this episode to observe and kind of get a feel for it and see if it's something he wants to work on uh, so we're going to have a conversation now after the, after the show, and we're going to talk about that. So I'm just waiting for him to join this Zoom meeting.
Um, but it doesn't seem to be working yet. Doesn't seem to be working yet. Where are you, Drew? So anyway, I don't know. My thoughts there. Uh, I'm just really happy to be doing this show. I just, uh, I love getting a chance to talk to um, my tribe, you know, like my people, my, uh, my autistic people, my tribe. Um, I just love getting a chance to talk to them. And I'm so grateful that we're in a, uh, a place now where this technology exists, where we can do these conversations from a distance and have decent video and sound and be able to then put it up online uh, and, and share it with, with people. I mean, I, I'm so grateful that this is what we can do. We can have this place where people can listen in to these conversations and, um, and yeah, get, uh, sorry, I'm just making a coffee here and, uh, get a little bit of insight to the life autistic. So anyway, um, I'm just waiting for Drew to get on board here. Let me Can I invite him? Why isn't he here? Why isn't he here? Invite. There it is. Now it's working. There I got you, buds. Okay. There? It didn't work, but there it is. So I was just oh. I was just recording, talking about what we're doing and you coming on board and listening in. And we just, for everyone who's watching this or listening, Drew and I just started having a conversation after the we stopped recording the show. And then I went, hey, wait a minute. Let's actually record this conversation because that I think is also interesting. So tell me, you were telling me about what it was like for you to listen in on that. And I, I want you to talk about that a little more if you can. Yeah, it was, it was completely fascinating. Um, just the level of, of respect and understanding, like all the things you've told me that you struggle with talking to uh, neurotypical people of which I don't really think I fall into that, to that category. I, yeah. I you know, I, I mentioned in the show that I have ADHD and I think yeah. that allows me to bridge communication with all sorts of people, which I'm thankful for. Yeah. You understand uh, neurodiversity. Yeah. 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 Thank you. 
putting it in an academic way, but um, <laughs> you obviously doing a lot of research. <laughs> but you know, something that kept coming up with you two is just that, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, how she, there's some fear there about her son being a larger boy and, you know, yeah. you know, there's the, an institution called police that, um, you know, causes people fear and probably causes people with, um, you know, Asperger's more fear. And um, there's, you guys also mentioned therapists and educators, and it just sounds like all these institutions, if only all of us could read a pamphlet called The Language of Autism, maybe we could be a better service. Yeah, yeah. And it's something, I mean, that, that's, it's so true. And that's something that is one of the, I mean, you know, I have a long list of goals for this podcast, like what the whole point of doing it is. And that's one of the things there is like that education side of like educating neurotypicals about the life autistic, like what it's actually like to be living as an autistic person. And it's been really cool for me to get um, emails and, and messages on social media from people who are neurotypical saying like, Hey, this show is great. Thank you for what you're doing. It's helping me understand you know, whether they've got a child or a sibling or a parent or a coworker or a friend or somebody in their life who's autistic. Uh, and they're, I've gotten like a whole bunch of these, these notes from people, these messages saying that exact thing, like this is really helping me listening to these conversations or, or listening to like the shows where I'm just talking, like it's like either one, they're, they're, they're saying this is really helping me get some insight and, and understanding of like what it's like. Um, I got a note from somebody who's, um, I think she's in her like maybe around age 30 ish and has a, a younger brother who's in his twenties, who's autistic. And, and she sent me this like long letter just saying like, this has been so helpful. I've lived with him my whole life and this has been super helpful in me understanding a little bit more about how, how he operates, how he thinks. And like, it's helping me be better at being supportive. So, I mean, wow, what a, what a thing to get a letter about. It's like so cool. And that's, yeah. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. He was mentioning how like, like recently I worked with this French director and um, you know, it was obvious that his handle on French was like stronger than English. Yeah. Can still communicate pretty well in English, but yeah. I really, I felt her on, um, you know, the cultural nuances and the way that, language is often masked to mean all these different things. And yeah. like in, in there lies part of the problem because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is these cultural nuances. Yeah. yeah. And that could only, I think that's a great topic too because you can talk to people from different countries where like maybe there's a culture, sorry, a culture, a culture um, in, yeah. you know, culture, there's a culture, I'm gonna rename this shit. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> what I do. I'm creative. There we go. Um, but you know, maybe there's a culture that you can compare where there's a very literal cultures, maybe somewhere far east. Yeah, I wonder. And that and that helps Aspies. Whereas out here, it seems that we do hide a lot of. I completely feel her on in, in the French language being an extreme example, and right here in, in Ontario where. Um, we often don't say what we mean and it, it's assumed the listener is supposed to get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really weird, I find it so weird the way people speak in code. I just, 
I just look at them and go, why don't, why don't you just say what you actually mean? Like, why do we have to all play this game where there's all this subtext and reading between the lines and hinting at things and beating around the bush and saying one thing, but it really means something else. And you're supposed to know that it's like, I, I just go, what the fuck? How did this even yeah. evolve to be like this? It doesn't make sense to me that language would evolve yeah. like this, but it's a culture thing. My, my, um, my family has a British background and like it's, Brits don't actually ever say what they mean, ever. And, and emotion's bad. Emotion is uh, bad. And emotion is bad. Yeah. Honesty is bad. Being, uh, exposing your inner self is terrible. It's all stiff upper lip and act like nothing bothers you. And, you know, my mom was born in England. And, uh, yeah, like I was talking about earlier, like, I love my mom to death. So I'm not at all saying anything bad. Like, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's so awesome. But I do, ha I do sometimes get really frustrated talking to her to the point where I like, she was over here the other day and I hadn't slept well at night and I was just tired already. And we were talking and we were trying, I was trying to explain like this simple thing to her about the, the fucking sink, like the, the plug in the sink and how it's sticking. And it's like so simple to me what I'm saying, but she's like, well, is it like this? And is it like this? And she's just talking nonsense to me. I'm not saying she's talking nonsense. I'm saying to my brain, it was nonsense. To her brain, it made perfect sense. And, and I'm just, and I got so frustrated where I was like, Ugh! I was like, oh, I can't, <laughs> I had to say to her, I'm like, I can't talk about this anymore. We can't talk about this anymore. And it was a fucking talking about the goddamn plug in the sink that was sticking. But it was just like, I can't do it. We have to stop this conversation right now because I'm actually going to lose my fucking mind. And it's just like, anyway, it's funny. It, I just laugh about it now and like, I'll laugh about it with her after, but I, you know, it's like, it's funny. Anyway, whatever. I don't even know how. Well, I like when you, like when I, I get excited, right? Yeah. But not, not totally relating to you like Rose and, you know, in that last hour and a half. Yeah. Like not having that, um, that skill set. I do, like, I do appreciate it from you. Like when we're brainstorming like this, I have a tendency, I'll be straight up with you with, I'll often try and follow another idea with one idea with two good ones. Yeah. And you're like, dude, let's just get the first one out. So let this conversation and this podcast we just had, it can help, it can help us make a better show because like, I realize that sometimes I'm just trying to offload all my creative ideas. So you get them, but you need to process them one by one. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're correct about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I can sometimes be like excitable, but that's not, it's not productive yeah. for us. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's also, I think, I think we talked about this on the show today too. Like, I think there's also like a, a brain processing speed that for me is generally slow. So you'll tell me an idea and I'm like, okay. And I have to like actually sit in that idea for a while. It might be five minutes, might be 10, it might be an hour, it might be a day. I just have to let the idea enter my brain and hang out in there for a while. And like, and then, so if you're coming at me with two more ideas right away, I might just kind of be like, okay, hang on. Like that's yeah. <laughs> sort of short yeah. like can't, can't focus on more than, you know, this was a something that I, I would, you know, my, 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 um, you know, uh, former partner, like it would come up often in our relationship where, I'd be like, I need to think about one thing at a time. So if you're coming at me with like five things, it's like, I need to stop. I need to sit down. I need to get out a pen and paper. 
If you want to tell yeah. me five things, just tell me them. I can write them down, but then I have to go back and I can only really think about one at a time. I can't think about five things at once, you know? Um, anyway, it's yeah. like, I think I talked to you about this the other day, but like my doctor told me, she was talking about working memory and how like most like neurotypical people, their working memory is like, I think she said it was like, you know, seven or eight things. Whereas my brain, like working memory is like one, maybe two things. So that's something that I've like, try to explain to people that I'm dealing with, like neurotypical people. It's like your brain can handle seven or eight things at once. My brain can handle one, maybe two. Mm -hmm. And once you try to put the third thing in my brain, I, I just shut down and I lose everything. It's like, I, I just, everything just falls to the floor and I have to like start over. Um, so anyway, it's really that makes learning this shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, on some level, like, like I told you about like one of the reasons why I, like you and I are working together on this is because like I was in that sort of advertising world where like I can empathize with you. Like in that world, I was drowning because everyone was snapping at me and yeah. um, their foot for the next thing. And I was like, I thought like we had deadlines and like we had agreements and like, how can I possibly uh, achieve those things with you guys, you know, snapping at me? Yeah. So I think there's something larger here where it's like, if we even did have a funny, like a funny fucking handbook, Chris, yeah. you could like Christmas will hand it stocking stuffers. Yeah. And truly like even families without autistic people should be, um, reading and receiving these things because I think society as a whole, like one thing COVID taught the world is like, we all need to slow the fuck down. And if we can just give each other more seconds to process, we might actually say more intelligent things. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, let's, let's put that on our list of shit to do in 2021, this handbook. I like it. Cool. Cool. We can make it like modern or something. I don't yeah. know. An app. <laughs> yeah. An app or just like a downloadable thing or something. Um, man, be your so voice. Cool. I, I feel really good after that conversation. I mean, Rose was just amazing. Like, she's so awesome. I just was like, we could have kept going for another hour easily. Um, she's so cool. And I immediately was like, I just, you got to come back. You got to come back. So I'm really happy that she was stoked to come back. And I love that she has, she's like, I want to write a list of things I want to go over and or discuss. So I'm like, cool, man, come back. And like, you lead the conversation. That'd be amazing. Um, I know. I get so excited sometimes and I'm, I'm, I'm long winded to begin with. So sometimes in these conversations, like I find at the end, I always think, God, I, I talked too much. The whole point is having them talk, but they'll say something and I'll be like, that reminds me of this. And it's like, I'm going to tell you this story that I could probably do in 90 seconds, but I'm going to take seven minutes to do it because I have to tell you the three things that led up to it and how they're all connected and all that. Um, Somebody with Asperger's, that's what they want. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's, what was, that's what was beautiful to watch was like I was telling myself like only if it was super relevant or funny should I you know and the other thing in my head was like you know normally the people listen to the show hearing your voice and a guest voice or just your voice so like I had to not try not to be impulsive and you know jump in but what was beautiful is just like how it was so natural mm. yeah and yeah, I think that that's the thing it's, okay, it's okay for you to, to go into that natural place. Now, if you're talking to an academic who's 
you know, maybe an academic and has uh, researched Asperger's, but maybe they're a neurotypical, maybe like the approach is slightly different, but I think yeah. your approach is bang on. It would be. Well, it's something, and you know, I hadn't really thought about this, but now that you just said that, that actually makes me realize, like, when I've been doing these conversations and I'm speaking to other autistic people, I feel like we just immediately drop into a comfort zone. And I think Rose touched on this a little bit in the conversation. It's like, we start talking to her, like, usually when I'm talking to anybody new, like, it takes me a long time to like, figure out how to communicate with them. Like, how do I do this? I'm kind of, I always think of myself as like a cat. Like, you know, if you have a cat and you move, you bring a cat into a new house, the cat's going to go hide under a chair for like the first week. And then it's going to poke its head out and it's going to slowly walk around trying to get a feel for the place. But then it's going to like run away if someone comes in and then it's slowly going to be like, okay, now I'm going to sit out on the floor, but I'm still close to my hiding spot. And like, it takes the cat months to get comfortable somewhere. And I've always thought about myself in that sense. Like when I, whenever I'm at like a, a new job or a new environment, it's like, it takes me months to get comfortable, but, or like meeting new people. It takes me a really long time to like get comfortable with people. I have to like really, um, I, I don't know. I think there's a little bit of like danger there. Like I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't know what the word is, but I'm all, I'm on edge a little. I'm, I'm a little bit cautious because, because I, I think it just comes from masking too. Like I just, I, you know, and all this stuff. But when I, I, sorry, this is me again, long-winded way to get to what I'm trying to say. But I'm, I, I'm, the, I'm like that, bro. It's good. I found with these conversations, it's like, I Rose jumps in the Zoom and we're talking, and within two minutes, it's like I'm talking to someone I've known forever because our brains know how each other's brains work. So we're just like, oh yeah, and this and this, and tell me about that, and now we're talking about this, and now we're talking about this, and now I'm telling you about this, and you're telling me about that. And it's like an hour, an hour and a half goes by and it's just like, that was so easy. Usually my conversations I leave and I'm drained with that conversation I leave and I'm like, I have energy from it because I'm oh, so cool. stoked. Yeah. And what a remarkable like distinction between like, it's the same way that you, you're, you're eight foot tall person with all the small people thing was such a powerful um, visual for for the for the um, relief that that it seems all Asperger's or autism people feel mostly when they're around people like themselves. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. You just kind of go, oh, you get me. I can be yeah. myself, I can be myself with you. You're not gonna judge me. You're you're not gonna ever think, oh, that's weird or anything like that. You're gonna go, okay, cool. Like I might be like, this is one of my stims and you might, you might not understand it. It might not be a stim you ever experienced, but you're going to go, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, you need to do that. Great. Like no judgment at all. It's yeah. just, like, that's the cool thing about it. It's like, you know, you're not going to look at me. And if I'm doing this, you're not going to be like, why are you doing that? Can you stop? That's distracting. Why do you do that? That's weird. You're just going to go, oh, fuck it. He's doing that. Yeah. Can you make an app sound at least when you do it? Hmm? Can you make a snap sound at least when you do oh, it? Oh, I can. I've never been able to do that snap sound. Um, but yeah, dude, that was cool. I'm glad you were on that. That was really cool. I like, um, before you jumped on this call, I was kind of recording, just kind of telling people a little bit about what we're doing, like how you're coming Good. on. Because um, <clears throat> I need help. <laughs> uh, I have a raft. Hey, 
Um, just one quick thing is, is that it seems like Rose obviously could be a regular person that we circle back to. Yeah. Okay. Like once every two months or, you know, once a season, at least it'd be fun to have someone like Rose on that is just going to lead to these kinds of conversations. Yeah. Now, I, I think we would both, I think we would benefit as much as I love when the tangents happen because yeah. they're so good. Like if the next episode, if we had like a, you know, even just sort of like things within the topic that we just know that she'll have exploding information. Even if we did a pre call and we're like, okay, we're going to talk about these things. Yeah. But like, I don't want to say that and then stifle the creativity too. Yeah. No, but you know what? I really, um, I really like the idea of having her come back and having like, like she said, like her own list of things she wants to talk about and just letting her basically letting her be the host or yeah. letting, letting it be her, like, just be like, this is your episode. You just come on and you talk about whatever you want. And if and you, she interviews you. Yeah. Or, or I just shut my mouth for the first time in my oh, life and just sit no. there. Your, like, your mouth is you know, the like, reason like, for this I, whole thing. I'm not going to be able to shut my mouth. I'm going to always jump in because that's who I am. But uh, but if I'm sitting there kind of with the intention from the beginning of being like, okay, Ryan, shut your mouth. Don't talk so much. Let her have the platform. I really think that would be great because, I mean, I just love listening to her. She's so smart. She's got so much experience uh, and obviously has things she wants to, to talk about. And I would love to do another show with her and just go, hey, you know what? It's your hour. You do whatever you want. If you're saying anything and I feel like I want to add a little thing or ask you something about it, or I'll try to do that. Instead of me adding stuff, I'll try to ask her if I have a question, but just let it be her thing and I'll just shut my mouth because I think, yeah, I would love to do that. She's awesome. I got such a good vibe from her. I just feel like I want to give her a hug and be like, I love you so much. Um, yeah. It's really, really sweet. And the other thing that's going on there that you don't, um, you know, that I think is really fascinating is with her son. And then there's a third uh, family member. And then like the steps that they've taken to cope with this extra room, like it's, it's unbelievable what they've been able to, yeah. how they've done this. Yeah. Like she's, she's a total, like, cause she's, she's, she's in her fifties. Like she looked like yeah, she was already. She was 50, right? Yeah. And like, I was just like, you look like you're younger than me. So shit. You're yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're both sitting there with our pasties and she's got like a tan. Yeah. I'm just like, man, I would have, I would have guessed her in like her early thirties. Like I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Good for you. So and, not, that, and not, like, that, not that it's a bad thing to be older. We're not saying that. No, 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 um, no, no. But like for her to be like such a, like she's, she's very thought out and um, to be like, you know, in this sort of almost like a Brady Brunch family between Aspies and non, it's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Very like it offers, it just, the conversation was incredible, man. Oh, I should, uh, I should talk to you too. I should just, cause you said the word and I'm going to mention it. And I don't mind even having this conversation publicly. There are some people who do not like the word Asperger's and do not like the word Aspie. Some people in the autism community, there's a lot of infighting in the autism community about whether or not the word Asperger's should or should not be used, whether or not the mm. words like Aspie should or should not be used. 
people, there's a whole conversation around what they're called, what they call functioning labels, right? Uh, saying some people saying we should not have functioning labels. We should just have autistic and not have level one, level two, level three, or Asperger's or other words for the, the, the uh, functioning ability. I, I don't agree with that. I think that more words is useful. The more thing, the more words we have to describe things is useful. So for me, I've, I, my diagnosis is, ASD level one, that is formerly called Asperger's uh, in the DSM. In some countries, they still use Asperger's as a uh, diagnosis. In here, they don't anymore. They call it ASD level one. I don't have a problem using those interchangeably. To me, Asperger's, high functioning autism, or ASD one, to me, they're just interchangeable. I find that a lot of older people like if I'm talking to someone in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, they're familiar with the term Asperger's, so it's useful. Uh, if you go, I'm autistic, they just don't understand. They look at me and go, I don't understand that. You don't look autistic, you don't seem autistic, blah, blah, blah. If I say I have Asperger's, they kind of go, oh, okay. Like there's a little more understanding there. I think those functioning labels, those terms, I think it's an evolution that'll take place over time. I think a lot of people right now are very angry about it and kind of militant and like, don't use functioning labels. Don't say that. Um, I'm just letting you know that so that if you, if someone goes at you and like attacks you for using the word Aspie or using the word Asperger's, don't be surprised. It's going to happen. If you use those words, I use those words. I don't give a shit if people attack me, fuck you. Um, I'm, I find them useful. I look at it like, like you have different words for, Paralysis. If you're, para, per, if you're a paraplegic or quadriplegic, those are different words. You're still paralyzed. If you have first, second, or third degree burns, we have different words. A first degree burn is different from a third degree burn. We have these words because they're useful. So for me, having autism spectrum disorder diagnosis kind of broken down into level one, level two, level three, I find it useful. It helps us be able to talk about things more specifically. So anyone who comes at me and goes, don't use functioning labels. I'm like, you, you can not use them if you don't want to use them. I'm fine using them. I have yet to hear an argument that's convinced me against using them. Uh, and like I said, I still use the word Asperger's. I don't care. Some people go, well, Asperger, like the guy, Hans Asperger, I guess in Germany in the 40s, who first was studying kids with Asperger's, what we now like people like he was a Nazi you shouldn't use his name I'm like you know what like see that I can understand on some level because I was gonna... use, but we're not using the word because we are supporting a Nazi oh. it's just the word has become synonymous with that you know what I, mean? I know but I can also understand people that would be opposed to these terms I want to set it straight though that I, I only use those terms out of um, out of respect most like mostly for people that do have Asperger's because I just thought um, from what I'm gathering that, you know, people that are very detail oriented and very like um, literal would yeah. appreciate my just being straight up and not hiding it behind the blanket of autism. That's mainly my, my purpose for that. But I can, I can totally understand that, you know, in the same way that, that, that um, you know, white people um, and men use words to, um, to oppress women and to oppress people of other colors. Yeah. I can, I can totally see the logic that if this name was created 
um, out of any, um, like anything but empathy, then I can understand people wanting to reclaim it. And I would support that. It's just, I don't know what to call it in the meantime. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, I mean, it's something that'll be your own journey of, of discovery. And it's, it's, it's my ongoing journey as well. Like I, I've. Read... Is there a politically I can say? Is there a what? As a non-ask, as someone that doesn't have um, autism, is there a safe way that I could, um, without disrespecting somebody, um, refer to the Asperger's without saying that word? Autistic. Autistic is safe. That's the, who that's made, the word. Who made the, the other, here's another fun one. That another, there's another big argument about this. Some people say with autism, some people say autistic. Now it's funny because a lot of like, you'll find a lot of people who are not autistic, but care for autistic people. They'll say, oh, you should use the person first language. You should say a person with autism because you're recognizing the person first. But most actually autistic people prefer to say autistic as opposed to with autism. Like I don't say I have autism. I say I'm autistic because I don't right. think of it as a thing I have. I think of it as a thing I am. And, and you'll find yeah. the majority of autistic people think that way and support that language saying I'm autistic as right. opposed to saying I have autism. Some people will get offended if you say hmm. you have autism. They're like, I don't have it, you know? Yeah. But it's funny because there's an argument because a lot of like, uh, teachers and and parents with autistic kids prefer to say my kid with autism because they think that's more respectful of the child but that's the irony is that if you ask any autistic adult they'll tell you they prefer being called autistic as opposed to with autism uh, it's yeah. central to who I am it's it's how my brain works it's how I think it's it's not a thing I have I have a cold you know I have the flu it goes away I have, I don't have autism. I was born autistic and I'll be autistic until I die. It's not a thing I have. It's not a thing that I want cured. It's not a thing that can be cured. It's not a thing that I'll outgrow or that will go away on its own. It just isn't. It's just, it's who I am. Um, and that's, I think that's something you'll find in this world, in this, in this community is like, uh, you know, 90 plus percent of autistic people will say, I prefer saying I'm autistic in, as opposed to I have autism. But it depends on where the person is with their journey. Could be. And hey, be. and, and, and again, just, autistic yeah. people aren't a blanket community. We're not all the same. Like, just That's like, what I'm saying. Just like, just like neurotypical people, everyone's got a different opinion. So some autistic people might be like, no, I like to say I have autism. That makes more, that feels better for me. And you're like, cool. Hmm. And that's great. Okay. You know. Everyone's, Thank you. Everyone's it was. It goes back to your conversation with Rose, where you were like, um, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm in the Starbucks line, and I'm just like that moment for me is a very important moment uh, because I I hear the masking and I hear um, like the the act that you have to play and to be able to to be how you want to be, yeah. uh, knowing you might get some resistance is such a powerful image, man. So great. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. It felt powerful in the moment because it's, I feel like oftentimes I'll be in line for something and I'm like using a certain percentage of my energy to like keep my body still and like try to appear normal. It's like maybe like 40% of my capacity is being used on 
I got to look normal. I got to act normal. I got to be normal. I got to keep my body still. I can't be shaking around because people that makes it's all, and it's all for the benefit of others. It's also, I don't make other people uncomfortable. It's also so that they're not looking at me like I'm a weirdo or I'm a crazy person, but it's really for like, I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm like using almost half my energy to maintain a status quo so that everyone else in the world isn't made to feel uncomfortable. And that's, yeah, a, but that's everyone a was big way to live because you I've yeah. lived that way my entire life. It's like all my energy is used on making sure everyone else around me, I don't make them uncomfortable. But that's it's damaging psychologically to have to live like that. So when you get to a point where you go, no, I can't do that anymore because it's actually hurting me. It's causing higher stress levels. It's like I'm living a lie. It's psychologically damaging. I'm actually like my immune system is affected by this because I'm living in a constant state of stress. So for my own health, I'm going to not do that anymore. And I'm slowly getting there, but like, it's still difficult. Like I work in a restaurant, I work with the public and I still have to like, again, I'd say half, almost half my energy at work is used, is being used to maintain normal appearances for the sake of not making people uncomfortable. Yeah. And that, and that's too much. That must be a big prison almost a little bit. Sorry, I'm gonna cut out for a second. Say that again. Oh, I'm blocking this. I'm blocking the speaker. Um, yeah, it just must feel like you're. You just yeah, it just must feel like a very like I say I use the word like a like in a prison almost like because you're just constantly thinking about authority and of other opinions of you. Yeah, exactly. So there's something really freeing, and it's like a slow process. It doesn't happen. You don't just wake up one day and go, "I'm gonna stop masking," because it, it's so internalized. Like for me, it's like 40 plus years of of uh internalizing that and like it's so it's so like kind of baked into my behavior that i'm like slowly chipping away at that and exposing these little bits of it and trying to release them and free myself from them that this process is going to take probably several years maybe the rest of my life but i hope to I, i'm trying to get to a place where i can just be 100 percent who i am and comfortable all the time and just be like you know, like I said, if, if it makes somebody else uncomfortable, it's not my, it's not my, uh, it's none of my business. Um, the other thing in saying that is I recognize that I, I am doing that from a very privileged place as well, hmm. because I am, I am a straight white male for, for sure. If I was, if I was black or, you know, another visible minority, then maybe my, if I was like stimming outwardly, it might be seen as more threatening. Um, there are cases, I mean, in the States of like autistic people being shot by police uh, and a lot of minority autistic people being shot by police. It's really sad. I'm also verbal. I'm also uh, articulate. So if I were to say be like stimming and someone was uncomfortable and they say I had an interaction with the police, I am able to stop and talk to the police and explain myself like i have that privilege where i do have that ability where i could i could say express i could say officer i'm autistic i want you to know that so that if i do any sudden movements or i am struggling to speak or anything happens i want you to know this is why so that i'm not a threat 
So I, I recognize that for me, that process of unmasking and stimming and all this stuff publicly, it's like, I'm doing it from a very privileged place. Um, I know, and I know that that process, it would be for some other people who don't have those same privileges I have, that process could be really, really terrifying, really, and in real time, very dangerous potentially. Yeah. And yeah. to the point where some people would never not feel comfortable even attempting to unmask because it could actually be life-threatening to do so. So it's so fucked to talk about because yeah, I, I, I feel that privilege every day in, in like when I even talk about it now, like I'm just going to unmask, I'm going to stop hiding. I'm going to be fully out, out autistic. It's like, cool. And you're able to do that because of your straight white maleness. That's a big part of how that's possible for you. Where and I'm, where you live and your and environment. Yeah. And you know what? The other thing too is like, I'm a pretty big guy. So I'm, I'm less likely to ever be physically assaulted or attacked or anything. Like, you know, like I walk down the street, I feel safe because I'm, yeah. I'm 200 plus pounds. No one's going to attack me because I look like I can beat the shit out of anybody. Yeah. Um, the reality is I'm a big fucking pussy, but, but <laughs> it's like, so there are these privileges that I have that I want to always be aware of and recognize but at the same time, um, that's not going to, I still have to try to be open. And hopefully in using my privilege to be open, I hope yes. that that privilege can then benefit others who don't have that privilege. You know what I mean? Interesting. Interesting. Because, yeah, there's layers of, um, like, with Rose being a woman in Montreal, which is where she is out in rural Montreal. Not, like, I'm not saying downtown fucking st catherine street she's like in the boonies where it's very conservative yeah she's got a fucking tougher road yeah yeah and so said, i just like, i think it's dope that you you acknowledge that thank you yeah yeah and she said she i think she mentioned like being a woman and she also said that she's small she's a small frame so it's like there's other other things there you know where you could, yeah. you could be targeted or you could be picked on or you could be bullied or you could be attacked or other things that you know and i think in general i mean women already have just being women have their own set of problems in life communicating because they have to like navigate like if a man does if a man is assertive he's assertive if a woman is assertive she's a bitch if a man mm. is, is uh smart he's smart if a woman is smart she's a know-it-all like there's all these things that women have to deal with already in their in how they're perceived like they have to always walk this tightrope of like I have to show that I'm smart, but I can't be smart in a way that's threatening to the men and the men around me. Or I have to show that I'm capable, but not in a way like they have to always play this game of being capable and being smart, but not too much to the point that men are threatened by it. And like that, uh, fuck, that must already fucking suck. To have oh, to yeah. Play that game with a woman. And then to, to, you know, throw autism in there. Well, fuck, good luck yeah yeah in a society that's like not sympathetic to your needs yeah you know yeah so i think like yeah like one thing that really fucking hit me was um because i've always like the autistic autistic people that i've associated with have for the most part um have have been very very empathetic and loving and like had a kind heart and i think it's such a societal misconception to think that because you have autism you're not going to be able to emotionally connect with people i actually think that people without autism need to do some more 
yeah. some more, more digging. Yeah. I think what happens is, is the, for a lot of autistic people, the way that connection manifests or is demonstrated is different. So it's misperceived by neurotypicals. So that's a big thing that people think. I remember like at my job, like when I came out to my manager like a year ago and I said, I just want, I pulled him aside and said, I want to talk to you. And I said, just so you know, I'm autistic. And, and he, and the first thing out of his mouth is like, so what does that mean? You have no empathy. But that was the first thing he said. What? And, and I'm not I, like, I'm not mad about that. It's just like, that's the perception. And I just, and I, and what I want people to understand is that the opposite is true from what I've seen with autistic people. We're hyper empathetic. We well, have, he just proved that we don't have empathy on the other side, you know? Yeah, well, there it is. It's like, but the way my empathy demonstrates itself or shows itself is in a way that a lot of neurotypicals maybe can't perceive because it's a little bit of a different language. But autistic people are actually more sensitive than neurotypical people. We feel things, we feel stronger. Hyper. We feel yeah. super emotions. Like I feel empathy on a fucking deep 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 level that is way deeper than any neurotypicals i've encountered you know and i and, and i know this like my feelings are just deeper than, yeah, yeah. than neurotypicals i remember like years and years and years ago i went through a really bad breakup and i was heartbroken and a friend of mine that i'd known since we were like in grade nine she drove like three hours to come see me oh. i was going through hell and I said yeah. to her, I go, why would you come three hours to come see me? And she goes, because I know you and I know how deep you feel. And I know that when you're in pain, you're in more pain than, than, than other people know. Because like you feel pain more. And I, mm. and I never thought to articulate that. But then when she said that to me, I just went, wow, okay. That makes a lot of sense to me because I do feel that way. Like when I feel, when I feel any kind of intense emotion, I feel... I look around at other people and I go, doesn't, I don't feel like other people feel this intensely as I do, you know, which is probably why, well, it helps with um, being creative, like with songwriting and making art and things, because I do feel more intense emotions than other people, but it also has its downside, which is like, um, you know, uh, sometimes very serious depression and things like that, where, um, you know, or just really complicated uh, relationships, you know, um, but yeah, but that's such a funny misconception. It's like, oh, you autistic people have no empathy. It's like, no, the opposite is true. We are hyper empathetic and we feel more. And sometimes that actually causes like shutdowns and things. So then you can appear like you're a robot, but it, what's happening is your, 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 your brain and your body and your mind are like doing what they can to cope, you know? uh with with those intense intense um things so anyway dude this is cool this conversation we're gonna just tack this on to the end of the other one like i think oh uh, no no don't do that don't do that just ke we'll keep the show as it is and we'll just keep uh we'll keep doing what we're doing i'm i'm curious like if you want give her my email and she can sort of send over what she's thinking yeah for the next think, one you don't think this conversation we're having would be interesting to people i think it really would yeah 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 sure sure i mean i think you you that commerce it's nowhere near as interesting as the conversation you and rose just had but yeah. you know what you know what i'm seeing here i'm seeing i'm seeing 
Let me get there. Part of what I want to do here is be a bridge, a bridge between autistic people and neurotypical people. That's a big part of my mission. I feel like, um, I love that. In discovering my autism and starting this podcast, I, I've had a few, I've had many, many autistic people write to me and say, thank you for doing what you're doing. I could never do that. I'm not comfortable talking like that or being in public or videoing myself. I wouldn't be comfortable on camera. I'm not comfortable with a microphone, but, but everything you're saying is exactly what's in my head, but I couldn't do what you do. Now, I just happen to be a person who's very comfortable doing this. Um, it's, and I, I think I talked about this last week. Like, if I'm sitting at a table with five people, I'm fucked. Like, my brain is just, I can't handle it. But if I'm, if I'm on stage with a microphone on my hand in front of a thousand people, I'm totally fine. So I can do this. And I, I want to use, to talk about like another sort of a privilege the privilege I have of being comfortable with people and kind of being able to be like, I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm just going to tell you what, what's going on. You know, I've, I've made music for years. I've performed on stage all around the world. I can get on stage in front of a thousand people in Stuttgart, Germany and fucking rock a crowd. So I'm really comfortable in this. And I think part of my goal is to be a bridge between a bridge of understanding between the neurotypical and autistic neurodiverse world and, and use that comfort that I have and that ability to articulate and that fear that the, and, the, and not having a fear of being in front of people to be able to be a voice for the autistic people who don't feel like they have a voice. So I yeah. think even in this conversation you and I are having, I'm seeing value in this that someone listening someone maybe a neurotypical person listening could go oh this is really cool because um and it's interesting talking to you you have adhd you're not autistic so like some of the things are going to click for you and some aren't but that's kind of cool too and i don't know man i think this is really valuable i kind of think like this could even be um you know something we do regularly or semi-regularly where we jump on and go well, let's, talk, let's talk about the conversation we just had from from the perspective afterwards um that could be really cool uh i don't know I mean, this whole thing is going to just become what it becomes as we go yeah. right? and in the same way like if if you've just had an interview with um you know a so-called um what's it called again someone without autism sorry neurotypical neurotypical and no. you're just like fuck that was frustrating you might want to cause call rose after and talk to her about that yeah too. like there's the other side too. Like, like, whoa. Yeah. Right. I need to yeah. talk to my people. Yeah. You know, what would be fun yeah. to do is I wonder if, is there a way on like Facebook live to have kind of like zoom where you have two different people on and do a live thing? Oh yeah. You can have multiple windows, man. Right? Cause I would like, love to do like a Facebook live conversation with somebody where people can actually like comment and we can be answering. So we get someone like Rose on, and like have people be able to comment and ask questions in real time where like both of us can answer those questions. Like, or that would be, be really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be fucking cool to have, okay, so the regular show, you do the Zoom off of your computer. Yeah. Then we could go like Instagram live yeah. for the show. And like, that's kind of interesting media where people leave comments and you can like dip, I can dip over and write a comment 
down and slide it over to you. You know, Jamie from Ottawa's wondering this or whatever it is. Yeah. So we're, we're still engaging those people. But yeah, I, I really oh. think that. So you mean while we're doing the Zoom call, we can also have it be going to Instagram Live at the same time? That's yeah, really and like cool. I can film the Instagram Live either on my phone or your phone, so long as you have the computer going, I think we're yeah. good. That's cool. That's super rad. I love it, man. Maybe. I, was just, I was just saying, like, I think before you jumped on this, I was recording and I was just talking about how grateful I am to the, this, this technology we have now that's enabling these conversations where somebody in rural Quebec, you where you are, hour or two from me, someone else in Quebec, we can all jump on a thing, have this conversation, then upload it and have it go to every podcast platform. And then people all around the world can listen to it within like an hour or two of us recording it. It's so brilliant to me that that's even possible. Like what yeah. a time to be alive, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the perfect era for, for you to be doing what you're doing. I think like, remember the, the zine days and the London calling, like, yeah, you know, where media was just sort of stagnant. It was one thing. Now it's, yeah, yeah, you're connected. And the craziest thing is, is like, that's what's, that's what became so apparent when you asked Rose about, and it was actually a little bit of a sad moment, like, because you have the London, you know, last thing, which has probably been on pause for COVID, but like, she doesn't really have a network. So her network might exist online and in this sort of, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was a little bit sad. It was like, oh, you're kind of, and, and like her community kind of sees them as like, oh, those poor autism parents, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's sort of like, oh, it's so sad. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. Just, or it's just for you. For yeah, you, it's sad because yeah, there are, there are, there are sad things about it. Like there are things about my life that are, are sad, that are stressful, that are hard, but there's other stuff that's great. So it's like, eh, but that's everybody. That's true of everyone. Everyone has shit in their life. They hate and shit they love. It's like, right. You know, neurotypical people have problems. Like, like you know, that's, I, I never want to get into this, like, oh, poor me thing, you know? Um, and this is another thing, like, I really don't like. It's a misconception that I've had some people be like, oh, you're just trying to, like, make excuses. And I'm just like, I'm not asking anyone in the world to make any accommodation for me at all. I just want to know what's going on, and you know? Um, but at the same time, like maybe the world could be a little kinder and make some accommodations, you know, but I'm not asking for that. But yeah. if, if they want to, like you hear about things, like there are some stores like grocery stores that will do like a once a week for like two hours where they turn the lights down a bit and turn the music down and they just make it like less sensory overload so that uh, people with sensory processing issues yeah. can shop during that time or they won't, or like department stores that won't have, like the perfume out or they'll turn the light, like things like that, where I go, well, that is actually pretty cool. That's not a big, um, it's not a big accommodation. It's just like, but it's something that, I mean, why can't we live in a world that's a little kinder and a little more accommodating? I don't know. But yeah. Like, as far as, as, far as like my life goes, I'm not asking anyone for anything ever. It's like, no, it's my responsibility to figure out my shit. You know, what were you going to say? Yeah. And like, Honestly, Ryan, whenever you do something good, you're going to get negativity. That's just the, the equation of energy, unfortunately. So um, prepare yourself for, you know, for every hundred good things, you're going to get one or two things like that. And, and, and we, can always, we can always bat them around and we'll take them 
seriously, but like most of the time, I don't think they have re re that much legitimacy. I just, I was going to ask you, um, what year is it when the Starbucks girl says to you, are you stemming? Or like, how's your stemming going? She, like, in a, she, asked, she asked if I was okay. I know, I'm just saying, in what year is it when there's so much information about about autism and about mental health and we have a more empathetic society and it's just, it's a known thing that you have that. Yeah. And it's okay. Like her yeah. response was brilliant. That story is so powerful. It's just, how do we get to one step further where I already know that that's what's going on and I'm now in a mode of support and not in a mode of anxiousness myself, which is yeah. only gonna make yeah. you more fucked up. Like, yeah. yeah. It was, it. you know what? And I have to say that that person she was just like, oh, okay. Like, she was fine. She just, because I was, I was in line, and I was waiting, and I was kind of doing this, and I was sort of, like, rocking, and I was kind of, like, you know, like, doing a bit of this, and I was just kind of, like, and I couldn't control it. I was just waiting for my coffee, and she just, and I probably, to a neurotypical person, looked like I was very anxious. Like, I was, you know, maybe about to rob the place, or maybe, like, <laughs> like, I don't know. You know what I mean? No. Like, like, Judging by her reaction. And he by her yeah. me and just been like, no factor, like no big deal. That's just, yeah, just, you know, but, but that's what I, that's how I want everyone to perceive anyone that faces this. That, that's sort of my, maybe that, that's yeah. my role. And you know, yeah. And yo, for that, we have a fucking tagline now. It's called bridging the gap. Bridging the gap. Oh, that's cool. Right. We got to bridge the gap and you're the spokesperson to do that. Wow. I don't know. Some more water in my coffee machine. Um, yeah, this is good, man. So overall, I feel good about this. I think you do too. Amazing, amazing show. I'm um, sorry, I had a total personal meltdown this morning. I like literally was a basket case before coming on air. So uh, you never got to apologize. Okay. Because one thing you'll know about me is I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna be like. Yo, what the fuck, man? You said you'd do this at 8.30, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not that. Hey, when it's a paid thing, it's it, that this morning can't. Um, I knew you were going to be the way that you're being right now. And that's why I don't really have any fucking shame. I don't. It's just that straight up, I fucking was a basket case this morning. And I lost track of time. And that's the real story, man. Yeah. Well, guess what? I understand. And I'm fine with it. Oh. <laughs> Don't make me cry. Don't make me cry. Dude, it's all good, man. Fuck, life's too short to fucking worry about little shit. Like, you know, yeah, I get it, man. I know what it's like also. And this is like a thing I've dealt with my whole life where it's like, I'm always hesitant to make plans because I don't know how I'm going to feel that day. And that's something hmm. I've, I've done my whole life. And people, and it's, you got to people go, oh man, you're so flaky and non-committal and you never want to commit to anything. And I'm like, because I could commit to being at some place on the 27th of next month on a certain thing. And on that day, I might be having a meltdown or an anxiety attack or what I just don't know. So it's like, I would often really try hard to never commit to anything because I have to kind of live in the moment because I don't know how I'm going to feel. And I think somebody with some sort of maybe like chronic issue, like a, like a physical issue, like maybe has ALS or has, uh, um, whatever, some kind of chronic physical thing, MS or something like that might be how it is for them physically, where you don't know that day, if you're going to be able to get out of your chair, some days you can walk around other days, you can't move. 
It's like, so though it's hard to make plans in that. Well, this is an invisible thing like that, where it's not a physical thing, but it's like an invisible thing where like, I don't know on that day if I'm going to be having anxiety or depression or uh, just having a, a meltdown because the previous day was too heavy and I used all my energy and now I just have nothing in the battery. Like you just don't know. So yeah. I'm, I'm really forgiving of that shit. If you're like, Hey dude, I just had a fucked up morning. And I'm yeah. like, cool. I get it. dude. That's half my life, you know? Yeah. But Hey, I'm the, you know, I, I take this role really seriously and I know that you, uh, you respect me. And so I just, you know, I just want you to know that, yeah, it's a Saturday and blah, 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 meltdown, but it's still like, I feel a, a real, um, you know, a real genuine responsibility to, to make this good because I really, really appreciate it. Actually, what you were saying just reminded me of your second or third episode. Yeah. You know, when you were outside. Yeah. And you were just like, man, I just don't feel like going into work today. Yeah. Like that is such powerful shit because like everyone in the planet feels like that. For sure. And um, yeah, just like, you being, I'm not saying I want you to have shows where you're regularly stressed out about what you're going to do after the show. I like days like today where, you know, you're really happy to be there and want to be there. Um, but those moments of like true, um, genuine, like I, I really am having a tough time and just going on air with that feeling is just, yeah. it does something to the listener. It's like, what? How could he even come on air like this? Yeah. Well, yeah, there it is because you really don't fucking care. And that's one of the things I love about you most is, is you really don't fucking care what other people think. It's really great. I wish that were as true as I might present it to be. You're good at presenting that. But I, I feel it's kind of like one of those like act as if things. I, well, it's also, in, I think it's also contextual in mm. this, in this context of doing this podcast, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. In yeah. my real life, in my real interactions with real people in the world, I probably care more about what other people think of me than most people do, which mm. is sort of ironic. Because, and that's, I think, true of most autistic people. We spend way more time and energy worrying about how we're thought by others because we have to do so much work to try to fit in and not stand out and not be ostracized and 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 like not make people feel weird and all this stuff so i think that's for me like why when i would perform music that was the outlet where i could just be fucking wild and not care like people would be like holy shit have you seen that guy perform like he's insane because <laughs> that was like my place where i could go up on stage and get a microphone in my hand and be like i'm just fucking nuts i don't care what anyone thinks i'm gonna just have so much fun up here and be a wild beast and be free that I would go like the, it, it would swing in the opposite direction where I would just be overly nuts where, you know, so I'm trying to like find a place in my life where I'm really in my day-to-day -day life trying not to care. And I'm getting closer and closer to it all the time. Like I'm just kind of like, and it's part of like sort of coming out as autistic is a big part of that where I'm just like, Hey, I'm autistic. Fucking a, I'm not hiding. It's, it's, it's been real for me for a long time, but now it's like, I've got that stamped document. Yeah. So it's so fucking, it's undeniably real for other people too. Although some will still deny it, but fuck them. But I'm like, Hey, guess what? I don't care anymore. I'm autistic. 
and I'm creative and I'm all these other great things and I don't care. And anyone who, anyone who would ever judge or think down on me for whatever reason, doesn't really know me. It doesn't know my heart because anyone who actually would take the time to know my heart would know that I come from a beautiful place in my yes, you do. all the time. I have, I'm so loving and so caring and so empathetic and always wanting the best for everyone and being a comic and I'm, I'm so forgiving. I understand mistakes. Like, it's like, I just feel like I love humans and I love all of us and our, we're all fucked up. So I have, I have, have so much space in my heart for that, that anyone who would judge me or think I'm a dick or an asshole or whatever opinion they might have, if it's negative, they just don't know me because they've never, they haven't really taken the time. Anyone who would ever want to, <clears throat> if they have a negative opinion of me, if they actually wanted to sit down for like two hours and talk, they would come out of that conversation with like, oh my God, that is one of the most loving, caring, beautiful souls I've ever met. Um, and I know that in my heart, that's who I am. So I'm just trying to get better and better at not caring what other people think because, and just really being um what's the word being secure and confident proud knowing, yeah. knowing what's actually in my heart you know someone's like oh he's a fucking dick okay cool man i don't know how you got to that opinion that's your opinion it doesn't mean anything to me you know hmm. Hmm. it's like you might not give a fuck on some level but you're like in a world that doesn't necessarily like like doesn't doesn't understand you so well so you are affected by all the sounds and noises it sounds like maybe i'm off oh like a, on a sensory level yeah or just like even on like a, a basic like like what we were talking about earlier just like how like societal language is, is very cruel and i think rose used the word material even like yeah. yeah and i didn't understand that when she first said it but then by the end of the conversation i understood that because we are a lot of us are such on a path to make money that often comes way before people's feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it does. My phone might die. That's cool. We should probably wrap this up anyway, because I gotta probably I gotta clean up here a little and get ready for work. But cool, man. That was yeah, dude. This is day. great. I love today. I fucking love today. That conversation yes. with her was great. This conversation with you was great. I fucking love today. Let's do love more today, of this. Bro. Okay. I'm so, here Tuesday. I'm gonna, and if you're cool with it, man, I'm going to post this combo too. I really think yeah, it, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. I, I think I love, this is what I love about the most about creative projects is like you have an idea and you start something and then the idea, the thing you're doing, it starts to tell you what it wants to be. It starts to hmm. take on a life of itself. And this podcast is the same. I might have an idea in my head of where I think this podcast will be in six months or a year from now it's not going to be anything like that because it's going to be its own. It's going to tell us what it wants to be. And that's mm -hmm. just fucking great. If we just stay open to that. And, um, and my only like real commitment to it is like, is fundamentally making sure that it's open and honest and raw and real. And that I'm never trying to portray an image or anything like that, that I'm just like, this is what it is. Take it or leave it. So even this conversation we're having, like there's some honest shit in here. There's some stuff that, you know, like maybe we could go, well, we don't need to show that because maybe that's not the image we want. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Let's just, just run it. it. I want to put yeah. everything out there. I want it to be raw. I want it to be real. 
because I think the more specific and real you get about yourself, the more relatable it actually is to people. Even this mustache. <laughs> I love you, man. You're awesome. That ain't real. That shit ain't real. Shit ain't real, son. Um, <laughs> okay. right, I want to see a mustache on that beautiful face the next time I see you. No, don't do it. Don't do it. No, no. I'm going to grow my beard back, though. Word. I'm letting it, I'm letting it grow. I'm going to be ZZ Top in, in eight months. <laughs> Word. Yeah, I like, I like Fred Van Fleet's little... Like, I always like that little... I don't know who that is. Oh, he's on the Raptors. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Sports. Go sports. Good. I don't, I'll stand I don't you. Sports. Yeah, sports. Anyway, I'm going to post... I'm gonna, I think I'll post th the conversation with Rose in this one as separate, maybe. Or should I post it as one long one? I don't know. Whatever, whatever you think... Like you did sort of a tee up and then you did sort of a, like, this is sort of a tee down or like a, like a wrap. So however you want to do it, man, separate or together, like you'll know, you'll know when you're at work today and the idea hits you. So I trust you. Okay. Awesome, dude. Have a great day. Nice to see you. Talk soon. Rock and roll. Yeah. He's a gangster. <laughs>Hey everybody, this is Ryan. Thanks so much for listening and uh, I hope you got something out of this show. If you'd like to support this podcast, please do so. You can find us on all social medias at The Life Autistic. Um, look for us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Please like, comment, share, send us questions, thelifeautisticpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please reach out. We are uh, setting up a patreon account soon for those who would like to support we've had a few people uh, a number of people message and uh, ask me how they can support this podcast which is much appreciated and i do currently have something set up on the site called buy me a coffee where you can uh, throw a few bucks our way to help us with producing the show so anyway again thanks for listening reach out would love to hear from you and take care peace the life autistic 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.